I know you don't like this analogy, but I say I feel like we're all kind of floating along in a stream of raw sewage. And <laughs> yeah, I don't like that one, Brian. You can either just accept that fact and lay there and try to make the best of it, or you can try to turn around and swim against that tide and get mouthfuls of you know what, and you're just going to end up really, exhausted. <laughs> well, it's funny because my husband says, and I like his example a little bit better than yours with the sewage stuff, <laughs> that it's like a cork bobbing in the water, and you kind of go with it. We're a cork bobbing in the waves. In so. terms of you not liking my example, <laughs> I call that a form of rigidity. I know, exactly. <laughs> Maybe I should be a little bit more flexible. Let's take on that. some of your own advice. <laughs> And here we go for episode 73 of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Courtney Kelly, a mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime mental health patient and fresh from today's headlines. Courtney, this has been going on for a couple of weeks. Dave Chappelle, Netflix. Dave in some hot water with the LGBTQ community mm -hmm. over his comedy special. Full disclosure, I have not watched it. I have read a little bit about it. And when all of this hubbub started... It was basically Dave comparing what it's like to be black in the United States of America and all of the persecution that they've had for centuries compared to the trans community and trying to say, you cannot compare your situation to what we've been through. Of course, the trans community completely up in arms. Mm -hmm. There has been protests. Netflix has been feeling some heat. And you and I were having a totally separate discussion the other day, and we were talking about how we have become more tolerant as we've become older. When you and I were younger and people would start getting into our face about their political views, we'd want to change the world. Right. We'd want to get in their face. We'd want to say something. But as time has gone on, we're just like, oh God, it's so not worth it. <laughs> exactly. I have to find ways to just not even care about this and live my own life and focus on my own stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like we as a society are completely off the rails in this department. And I already forgot the phrase that you had just said to me, I'm talking about tolerance, but you said, oh, inflexible thinking, yes, inflexible not thinking. being flexible, mm -hmm. not being open to anybody else's ideas, mm -hmm. experiences, or outlooks on that. Mm -hmm. As a mental health therapist, and especially in this day and age, boy, Courtney, that must be a challenge for you. It is a big challenge. And a lot of people do have that rigid thinking so that they get kind of entrenched in certain viewpoints and they don't have any flexibility, even just having that empathy to understand where they're coming from. And I first want to say, just like you said, I did not see Dave Chappelle's video. Obviously, there's been many people and populations that were marginalized and discriminated against. And definitely, this is a time we're standing up. We're trying to break boundaries and have more awareness. So it's not about the fact of not fighting for things that you believe in, but really what we're talking about is opening your mind when there's differences of opinions and kind of looking at different sides of things and having a bigger perspective. And I think that's what can be missing because everybody right now, it feels like a lot of people are very entrenched on one side or the other. And you and I have had many discussions about why can't we find the middle ground anymore? Why can't we just have some understanding? And in addition to that, like you said, there's always a line. Mm -hmm. There is a line to where you can say, hey, this isn't fair and I'm going to mm -hmm. stand up for myself. But then it seems to get to be a bleeping contest. I'm a bigger victim than mm -hmm. you are and you're terrible because of this and you were brought up this way. Right. And the next thing you know, we're all screaming at each other. If you don't believe what I believe in, then you need to be taken down. The cancel culture, all mm -hmm. this other stuff, it is just spiraling so far out of control. Can we get the toothpaste back in the 
tube. I remember, and people probably don't think this, they think that tolerance is at an all-time high. I think intolerance is at an all-time high. And I think at times differences were embraced more. Mm -hmm. And I also think, too, that people had more of a sense of humor about themselves. And I'm sure that's where Dave Chappelle is coming from. And I know a lot of comedians feel this way. When it comes to comedy, that's where you can be subversive. That's when things are off limits. That's why I love roasts, by the way. Mm -hmm. I've participated in those. You need to check all that stuff at the door. They're going to say things that are unbelievably offensive. And if you're not going to put on your big girl or your big boy pants, go do something else. Because we don't have any room for it. I was at your roast. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But the thing is, the comedy world, that's how we all say, I love you to Mm -hmm. each other. We attack each other. And we have skins that are thick enough to be able to take that. I remember my mom constantly telling me when I was growing up, and I never hear this anymore, and used to hear it all the time, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Mm -hmm. Now, I think people would prefer the sticks and stones, Mm -hmm. and as a matter of fact, they are throwing that crap at each other to get their points across. Well, it's interesting. When I was kind of looking up different things about tolerance, I came across some research about us versus them, and that's really kind of the mentality, and it really just comes from our instincts. Is like when we're around familiar things and maybe a culture that we identify with and certain opinions that we identify with, we feel comforted. We feel good. Our brain gives us those feel-good chemicals. When we're around something we don't understand, we feel fearful. And so we get entrenched. And I think that's where part of this is coming from, that Mm -hmm. us versus them. Also really interesting, in 2019, they did a study about mental rigidity. Now, with not being flexible, I do believe that that can enhance some mental health issues because you get more anxious, you get more depressed because you cannot see other points of view. And it does. It increases that anxiety and that agitation. But this study was so interesting. They did it on people from the left and from the right in the extremes on both sides Mm -hmm. of the political spectrum. And they found that mental rigidity was the thing, the root of where all of the people were coming from who were in the intense positions on the left or the right. So they have that in common, that they are all not very flexible. And it was also interesting, they found people who were independent who didn't identify as either very Democratic side or on the Republican side, that they had more flexibility in their cognitions. So I thought that was very interesting. They actually have something in common, even though the left and the right on the extremes would say they didn't. Oh, exactly. And to speak to the sticks and stones thing, one thing that people used to always rave about when it came to the founding of this country was free speech and Mm -hmm. how important free speech is. Now, you try to say something that I don't agree with, I'm going to shout you down in a meeting. I'm going to make laws to make sure that you can't do it. Mm -hmm. I just feel like we're losing our way all over the place when it comes to this kind of thing. And to speak to another discussion that you and I had about the extremes, and this is interesting because we come from two separate places here, so we get it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we like it. You said to me, one of the things I hate about the media these days is every single talk show, every single network, they're either far right or they're far left, Mm -hmm. and they don't have somebody who's right down the middle. But because of what we do for a living, being broadcast personalities, we know why. Right down the middle, don't get ratings. The more outrageous you are, the more that ratings will be driven. And if you want an example of this, that 
that's not political, watch Howard Stern's movie, Private Parts. Mm-hmm. You'll be offended. So I want to <laughs> yes, give will. you that heads up in advance. But there's this scene. Good movie, though. <laughs> it is a good movie, and especially for people who do what we do. Yeah. WNBC. I've been in that meeting a million times. But anyway, there's this scene where he is in Washington, D.C., and he's done something outrageous, and a sponsor has canceled, and he is just getting taken to task for that. And it's almost at the point where it looks like he's going to get fired until somebody comes running in with the ratings. And they look at the ratings, and they said people who love him are listening an extra 45 minutes. And because of that, we're going to potentially get all of these new sponsors. And they said, well, what about the people who hate him? They're listening an extra 90 minutes. (laughs) Sometimes people just want to listen to get angry, too. And that's why you see on one end, CNN, and then on the other end, Fox News, Mm -hmm. and anything else that's attempted in the middle of that lasts, I don't know, four or five days. But is this driving this? Is it driving to have people more in the extremes? Absolutely. Yeah, so there's more money to be made, there's higher ratings, but what is it doing to our brains, to our relationships that we are so divided? Even if it's not true that we're so divided, the perception is that we are, so that is the truth, right? When we see the perception of, and also how we perceive the other side. That's what drives me crazy when I listen to some things, and I do. That's one of the things I advise people to do, is go out of their way to listen to opposing viewpoints. There's certain radio stations that I'll listen to, and I don't believe in some of the stuff that they say, but I do want to hear their point of view so that I can better understand it. And so I have to practice what I preach. But sometimes when I listen to it, I'm just like, but can't you even just say there's one good point on the other side? Like, Why is there absolutely no good points on either side ever? Why is that? One area where this doesn't drive ratings, though, and I find this to be kind of interesting, and I am guilty of this myself. Not guilty. This is something I don't participate in anymore. Mm -hmm. It's something that used to be one of my favorite things to watch, and that is late night television. All of the late night talk shows where I would just go and forget my problems of the day and listen to people goof around and be funny and joke around about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Johnny Carson was a master of, hey, you didn't know if he was Republican or Democrat. And then that way, a very broad audience could enjoy it. He'd razz everybody. Right. (laughs) So what's happened is I turn it on now and I'm getting lectured by Stephen Colbert or whomever you want to talk about to the extent that I'm like, this isn't comedy. This is anger. I have enough anger in my life. I don't need it. Even if I agree with what you're saying, I'm tuning in to get away from this. And their numbers keep going down Mm. and down and down. Courtney, same thing with these award shows. They get up, they start talking about their political views and the acceptance speeches spiraling down and down and down. And that's where it's not working. Mm -hmm. I suppose if you're watching a politically based show where you're like, this is my team, that's where it goes up. When it comes to, hey, this is entertainment. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to see this during a sports game. People getting upset whether or not you're kneeling or not kneeling during Mm -hmm. the anthem, that kind of thing. And to even further make my point, Greg Gutfeld on the Fox News Channel, who has a late night show that starts at 11 o'clock, has started beating the likes of Fallon, Colbert, and all of them in the ratings. And that's where I'm saying, if I want to be entertained, Mm -hmm. you better not give me that other stuff, because if I want that, I'll go to Fox News, or I'll go to CNN for the other side. So I think you make a good point 
point. But as with all things, there are exceptions to the rule. Right. So while everyone thinks this is driving ratings, oh, and incidentally, when President Trump was president, that was when Colbert started beating Fallon because he was constantly banging that drum about Trump. But now I think the tide is starting to Shift, turn the other yeah. way. And I wonder how broadcasters are going to react. Yeah. Well, that is interesting, though. And it's good to know that maybe there are some places where, yeah, people want it controversy free. They right. just want to have entertainment and they just want to be in that space. So I think that's something I feel optimistic about because I'm getting nervous that everything is such to an extreme. And that's something that I do talk to people about in therapy, too. I try to help them going back to that mental rigidity, going back to looking at different perspectives, even on the smaller scale of understanding someone else in their life who is driving them bananas or why does somebody do that or why do they do it like that? And trying to help them on that scale, because this is the grander scale when we look at like the politics and different things that divide us. Let's just understand the people that we are around now and have more compassion. And to call back to a line that you have said before, when people say to you, well, who would do that? And your answer is, well, they would do <laughs> well, that. They did. And they have done it. <laughs> <laughs> because people judge based on their own brain and how they would do something. Or life experiences. And their life experiences and the lens through which they see things. But everyone can be a little unique in that way. So we have to appreciate that. And so I tell people, don't zone in on the very small particulars. Look at it in a more general way. That can help us to feel a little bit more united. But I do that a lot in therapy because even though I'll empathize with them and I will validate their feelings, I also want them to know that it's valid to look at things in different ways and to have some of that tolerance and have more empathy toward one another. And for people who are losing hope when it comes to things like this, and believe me, I have moments where I see things and I'm just like, I can't believe we're at this place. But I'm also old enough to know that life tends to be cyclical. Mm -hmm. And here's where maybe I'm going to give you some hope. What is the one thing about every young generation that comes along? They rebel against what mm -hmm. came before it. Right. You can almost set your watch to it. So I'm telling you, if you wait this out, and I'm even starting to hear this from my soon-to-be 22-year-old, who is all part of the cancel culture world and being woke and all this other stuff, he has even told me, look, I can tell you on TikTok and other places, even we're starting to feel some fatigue mm -hmm. when it comes to all of this. And if you don't think things can swing the other way in the blink of an eye, Obama to Trump to Biden to whatever the next <laughs> thing is, that also they speaks do. to the division mm -hmm. and where it takes that slight little movement. Mm -hmm. But I remember working with somebody during the Clinton administration when the economy was going gangbusters, and you could say some of that is the president, or you could have said it was the internet boom. Mm -hmm. It could have been anything. But I remember that person saying to me, a Republican will never be president again. And I even said at that young age, I was in my early 20s, I'm like, dude, really? I mean, come right. on. There is no way that that's going to happen. And I guarantee you, there is no way as a society that we can keep going like this. And some younger generation is eventually not going to allow for it. It's exhausting. And I'm glad that your stepson had brought that up. Because right. that's an interesting point. Because I do think there's corrections. Yeah, things swing one way, mm -hmm. swing the other way. And it finds middle ground. The so. tough thing is the swing is usually yeah. a real far swing before it corrects itself and kind of comes back. To and I middle. definitely think there's some great things that have come out of people saying, you know what, I'm not going to take this anymore right. and standing up. But yeah, there is that swing of now like not having tolerance for so many other things that it's gone into different areas. Like the tweet that you put up seven years ago, now right. you shouldn't be allowed to ever work again. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, that's too far. That's the thing. I mean, there are extremes, of course, but there's time and a place for things. We were just talking about that with certain movies. And 16 can 
candles. Yeah, that you watch and you go, oh, oh no. Well, back when it came out in high school, we were like, oh, nice movie, great movie. Molly Ringwald, <laughs> who was in Sixteen Candles, yeah. at one point said, well, this looks like a good thing for me to make. Then yeah. she tried to show it to her kids, and she's like, I'm shutting this off. She was but excited because she to has show a them. different perspective, and times have changed, <laughs> yeah. and you have to allow for those evolutions and at sometimes de-evolutions, mm-hmm. I suppose. Exactly, and that's the funny thing because she was all excited, like, oh yeah, you guys can watch this movie now that I made. And as soon as they're watching it, she's cringing right. at some of the things. So we have to take it for the time and the place that it is. But what's the ideal versus reality? And when people are in their rigid state, they are looking at the ideal, how they want things to be, how they quote unquote think things should be. But what is the reality, right? If I have people coming in and saying, I hate change, I never want things to change. And if things change, I'm just going to get upset all the time. I'm like, okay, well, I get that. That's your worldview. And that's the ideal that you don't want things to change. But what's the reality in the world? Things change, right? It's like they evolve. We go over some examples of how it's a good thing when things change from bad to something better. There's a book called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. And she does this great job of talking about it's not necessarily the thing that happens. It's how we view the thing. And it's all about our thoughts. And so she says, we can fight reality, but it'll only win 100% of the time. Reality always wins. Well, I always talk about that too, about how if you are constantly trying to swim against the tide, Mm -hmm. and I know you don't like this analogy, but I say, I feel like we're all kind of floating along in a stream of raw sewage. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like that one, Brian. You can either just (laughs) accept that fact and lay there and try to make the best of it, or you can try to turn around and swim against that tide and get mouthfuls of you know what and you're just going to end up exhausted. You really and truly are. And I know that's a harsh way of putting it but there is some degree of truth Mm -hmm. to it. You can fight it to a certain degree. Look, I can sit here and tell you for centuries the best thing to ever be was to be an old white guy. Now, when I'm here it's the worst. (laughs) That's not something that you want to be. But what am I going to do about it? I can't change it. I just have to try to make the best of it. And by the way, if I'm going to be that person that's going to swim against the tide and try to fight it, boy, am I going to bring a lot of trouble on myself. Look, it might cancel my career at Mm -hmm. this point. So I just have to keep my mouth shut and do my best and say to myself, I do understand that there are certain segments of society that haven't had the privilege Mm -hmm. that my kind of person has for decades. But my, when it's my turn, does it all go away? (laughs) I do have that in the back of my mind. Whenever I go for a job, I'm like, oh, really? Even with all my experience? No? Okay. All right. Well, fine. (laughs) Well, it's funny because my husband says, and I like his example a little bit better than yours with the sewage (laughs) stuff, that it's like a cork bobbing in the water. And you kind of go with it. We're a cork bobbing in the waves. In terms of you not liking my example, I call that a form of rigidity. (laughs) Maybe I should be a little bit more flexible. Take some of your own advice. (laughs) I need to be more flexible. You and your cork. Put a cork in that. (laughs) I need to have more empathy and understanding for where you're coming from. I may not agree with it. But yeah, like I said, I think people should go out of their way to listen to different points of view, different analogies, (laughs) escape some old ideas and look for some commonalities. And then there was also an article on not even just looking for commonalities, but looking for things to build on together to bridge some of these old ideas. I think it's just an interesting thing to start thinking about rather than 
digging in your heels and saying, that's it. I'm shut off. This is how it is. And my viewpoint is the only right one. And the big thing that I always say, too, and I will stand firm on this, people, can we please not take ourselves so seriously 24 hours a day? Can we please not make every issue life and death? Mm -hmm. And can we occasionally look in the mirror and maybe chuckle at ourselves and say, look, maybe I'm being a little over the top. Maybe I'm being silly because that's the thing that I worry about when it comes to comedy. How am I going to be able to do comedy anymore? I talk about this with all kinds of people in the industry. I'll never forget Lenny Clark, who a lot of people may know. Great guy, brilliant comedian. He's been around forever. He's local. He's Massachusetts, Boston-based guy. And I was talking to him about this, and he was doing a show with somebody who had opened for him, and she did a joke about the Wicked Witch of the West or whatever it was, or the East, I can't remember, being killed in the tornado by the house that landed and crushed her. And somebody literally came up to her after the show and said, you know, my aunt died that way. (laughs) He's just like, I can't even do this now. Oh my God. There's always somebody looking for something Mm -hmm. to try to keep you from doing your thing, especially in a comedic world. And I've told the story too. This is about four or five years old now. There was this guy who used to write for SNL who was a comedian on the side. And he was African-American and he also happened to be a homosexual. And he did a joke on a college campus where he said, people think that being gay is a choice. To which I say, well, I'm already black. Why would I choose to be gay too? The students in the auditorium chased him off of the campus because they were so offended by that joke. And that's his experience. Right. And people are just so wired. You can't make fun of anybody whose skin color is different or has a different sexual preference, even if that's you. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of times where I'd say, well, I'm Irish. I can make a joke about them being drunk. Nope, not anymore. Mm -hmm. That line is moving way too much. Well, I think about you in this too with comedy and how your brain works. Do you have to like edit yourself while you're going through the process of I have had to put a governor on my brain. And I talk about how when we do our radio show, I have two shows going on in my head. There's the one where I'm entertaining myself and that remains in the back. Yeah. And boy, I'm really oh, sorry that you don't huh? get to hear that one. That's a really good show. For all of you are like, eh, he used to be funnier. Well, I could be yeah. back then. Yeah. But I've also matured a little bit too. And believe me, if people want to go through my old radio shows, you want to talk about me being canceled? Some of the stuff that we did on the rock stations when mm-hmm. we were going for 18 to 34 year old males 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, you want to even talk to like pre-Janet Jackson Super Bowl stuff where you could get away with mm-hmm. virtually anything. I can't now, but I have to accept it. But here's how I turn that into a positive, Courtney. I look to comedians like Brian Regan who are determined to work clean and mm-hmm. it's so much harder to do it. But if you can do it and still get a laugh, that's even more satisfying. Right. If you're somebody who has to curse constantly to shock people to get mm-hmm. laughs, that's easy. It's not easy to try and be a little bit more cerebral and be a little bit more family friendly. That's not to say all of my edge is gone. You will attest to that. Yes, I will. <laughs> but I hear sometimes you when, the mics are off. <laughs> when I do have a soccer mom come up to me and say, Oh my God, the kids and myself, we love you because the last station that I worked at, which I was making the transition from rock to, that was a hot AC station. 
station. I know people don't know what that is, but it's like going from a male-dominated audience to moms. I'd constantly get calls and emails from people, hey, I got a kid in the back of the car. And I remember somebody saying to me, everything that you say, always imagine that kid in the back of the car. Mm. So there are ways for me to say things that will be over their heads where mom will still laugh. Mm -hmm. And I can still get the laugh and have mom be happy. And the kid is just being like, well, what does that mean? And to get that kind of feedback now, it's even more satisfying than getting a huge cheap laugh. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that's interesting. No, because definitely things have changed so much. Well, let that serve as an example of how you can change your perspective. Mm -hmm. Challenge yourself and do things that you didn't think you were capable of. And when I was younger, and this is how I've evolved, I think, as a comedian, Mm -hmm. I couldn't have pulled it off because I wasn't seasoned enough or smart enough or maybe even tolerant enough. But this is where you and I, Courtney, have talked about how there are people who deal in black and whites. You and I deal in grays Mm -hmm. because we can see the merits of both sides sometimes in certain areas, but we can also see the insanity. And that's where we say, well, we would rather be more towards the gray than the black and white in those areas. And there's plenty of times where I've had to catch myself and I feel like I'm pretty even keeled on Mm -hmm. things, but there are times where certain things will press my buttons and certain things that are said like on a certain show or something like that. And I've had to stop myself and be more mindful and Mm -hmm. say, okay, where's this coming from? What's this reaction? Because it's usually about ourselves. Like there's something we need to learn more about ourselves when we go into that space. And if we allow for time to say, okay, what is that that opens up for me and why am I having such a hard time with that? Then it helps you to learn and grow and move forward rather than just going after the people who are upsetting you. What got you upset about that? Let's talk about that. Let's see where this goes. And whereas I, as a comedian, just gave you an example of how I've worked Mm -hmm. through all of my challenges, I can only imagine as a mental health therapist, you are sitting there and you stop yourself and you say, well, what would I say to a client Mm -hmm. who came to me with something on the other end? How would I tell them to deal with it? That's how I have to deal with it. Am I right? Exactly. And that's the thing, too. And sometimes in sessions, because I'm a person just sitting there. You're not a droid. Yeah, I'm not a droid. I'm not just that blank slate. But sometimes people will say things or they may say things that I might think are offensive in certain ways Mm -hmm. that they may say. And so I have to kind of think about, okay, how do I approach this in a respectful way so everyone can win? It doesn't have to be us versus them. It doesn't have to be me or you. It can be, okay, how do we both win here so that we both feel heard, we both feel understood, but we can come to an agreement that we can both live with. And so sometimes in therapy, it can get a little bit tricky and a little bit sensitive. It's a minefield. Mm -hmm. So taking the time, and I feel fortunate that I've been able to stop, be mindful, notice it, and sometimes just kind of sit with it for a while. And maybe it's another session or two down the road where something comes up and I can kind of form how I want to present it if there's something that we need to change in the space in our rapport together. Now, another piece of advice that I will give, I talked about taking yourself less seriously. I talked about trying to be able to laugh at yourself. And I also talked about my journey as a comedian where I've had to make adjustments and just be better. Here's another thing I'm going to tell people or beg people to stop doing. Walking into rooms full of relatives and friends and say, I'm going to drop kick a hornet's nest. I'm going to bring up politics. I'm going to bring up this, that, or the other thing because I know it's going to get a response. Mm -hmm. You know what I say to that person? 
wow, you're a horrible conversationalist. If that's what you need to depend on Mm -hmm. to get a reaction or to have people interested in you, on some level, that's kind of sad. And wouldn't you much rather just go in and have a pleasant experience and allow for everybody else to have a pleasant experience and catch up in a loving way Mm -hmm. as opposed to stirring the you-know-what? And I think we've lost a lot of that. And I think that that is something that might be considered to be old school when it comes to etiquette and politeness and all of those things. Mm -hmm. And that's an area in which I think we're going backwards. I don't think we're moving forward. And that's something where, as the therapist, I'd say, well, what is it in you that it feels like you have to do that, where you have to stir up that controversy, or maybe it has to do with getting the attention, whether it be Mm -hmm. negative or positive, putting yourself in a situation where you're causing controversy. So again, there's something for the person to learn as to what's my motivation here? What is it giving me? But what is also the cost of my behavior? And believe you me, I am someone who has many opinions, but I keep them either to myself or I share them with people who have a like mind of mine. I don't walk in looking to just throw an elbow to get a reaction from somebody because for as much as I am a recluse and I don't like people and I'm becoming more reclusive because of everything that we're discussing today because Mm -hmm. I just don't even want to deal with it. And it's not because I'm sensitive. I'm just exhausted. (laughs) It's kind of like avoiding the late night talk shows. I'm like, (laughs) I just don't want to do this right now. I don't want to deal with this. And that's your issue. And incidentally, I I don't respect you and you're not going to convince me to respect you by continuing to behave in this way. But it really isn't that difficult to try to be a better person, a better conversationalist, to be more sensitive, and just to behave like a civil human being. Just like I had to make that change as a comedian and in my Mm -hmm. career, I've also had to do it in my albeit, admittedly, very limited social life. <laughs> and I've had to do it as getting older and just right. you know exposing yourself it's maturity. to exactly different groups, more people, and working with different populations that come from a whole different space with a different ideas on things. And it really does help. It really does broaden your worldview to be able to open up to that and have more understanding. But I have to say, Brian, you're right. There was a couple people who were like, oh, which way is he going to vote, you think? I can't get a handle on him. Which way is he? And to I was me, like, I don't know. <laughs> that's as satisfying as people saying to me, wow, it's amazing that you were yeah. able to make me and my kids laugh because mm-hmm. that's what I'm going for. I'm trying to right. be that Johnny Carson where mm-hmm. I'm keeping you guessing on where I am. And the truth is, Courtney, I'm not completely one or the other. I lean away mm-hmm. in certain areas, but in other areas, I lean as far away from that area too right. as you possibly can. And I do think that is maturity for sure. And mm-hmm. I just wish more people would do that. We want to crack the code on you. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck cracking that code. And I think one of the problems is with people, when they do kick those hornet's nests that I talk about in their mind, I'm going to save the world. I'm going to convince everybody, whether it be on my social media platform, whether it be at a family get together, I need to be that trailblazer. I need to be that Rosa Parks. Mm -hmm. I submit it's to a point now you're making the world a worse place Mm -hmm. and you can't even see it. And maturity is where you need to see that. Mm -hmm. And you need to be sensitive and you need to be open to other people's experiences. And I'm talking on all sides here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that is the thing to be more open to that. Again, like we started this conversation 
conversation. Yeah, fighting for what you believe in, standing up for what you believe in, that's awesome. But it's also taking into consideration who you're talking to, how you're talking to them, being respectful in all realms, I think is so important. And understanding, really understanding, not just taking a surface level of something and saying, oh, okay, I know what this person's about because they voted this way. I've had to do that before and say, you know what, there's all different reasons why people vote certain ways. There's all different perspectives on things. They're not just one group of people doing one thing, and this is pigeonholing them into one area. So really knowing that people are diverse and appreciating that and appreciating that they come from all different backgrounds. And that's a way of saying that the battle is not completely unworthy, but unlike the media outlets that you and I discussed earlier, don't conduct that battle in the blacks and the Mm -hmm. whites. Conduct it in that gray lane and say, there is a limit to where I should be taking this. Mm -hmm. I should make sure that the right thing is being done, but I shouldn't do it to an extent where other people start feeling bad about themselves, get hurt, I cost them their career, things of that nature. Courtney, I sit here and I say that people conduct these conversations thinking they're going to save the world and they're actually making it a worse place today. I feel like we did make the world a better place (laughs) by conducting ourselves the way that we have. I wish people would follow our lead a little bit more. To be a good example. God, I'm such a huge fan of us. (laughs) Sometimes I wish I could just listen to this and not know what's coming and say, boy, those two are good, huh? Wow. Check those two out. That's why we're 73 episodes in. And if you'd like to talk to the one of us who's a little bit more social, there's a way to do that. Courtney, how can they do it? You can email me, wellness at wctk.com, and I can pass along messages to the other one who's not as social. And then she can respond for me and pretend that she is me. She has done that in the past. I try my best. I don't know if I fail at that. A lot of times she'll do it when I'm around, but sometimes she's like, I was home over the weekend. This is what I said. What do you think? (laughs) And again, I'm just too exhausted to care. (laughs) Socials at Cat Country Mornings, individual pages, Courtney with a C, Kelly E-Y, Courtney Kelly Bedard, Brian with an I, Mulhern H-E-R-N. Courtney, thanks so much as always for offering your insights. I'm going to sell you on that river of crap eventually. That's my goal in life. But until then, we will see you next week for episode 74, Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. I want to talk to you.